Listener Production. We're the smiley face made out of chocolate chips in your fluffy weekend pancakes. Yummy, 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 yummy. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, a big day yesterday. Britain announcing that they're going to be uh, dropping all the restrictions, hey? Bro. July 19th. Have you looked at their curve? <laughs> it's not looking good. No, mate. I, I was speaking to uh, a friend from South Africa, right? Dan Corder, shout out to him, hosts 5FM on uh, in South Africa, Johannesburg. I said, how's it going? What are you up to? And he said, uh, oh, we're in another lockdown. I was like, yeah, same. <laughs> and he said, yeah, you know, restrictions are in. Just the lazy 26,000 cases a day. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. It you is wild. But know. anyways, July 19th, hey? Well, what do you reckon? We'll wait and see. We'll do a big uh, special outside broadcast from the London Eye, Matt and Alex, <laughs> do you know to what? celebrate. Because they're, they're saying that they're going to even get, gonna even get rid of the masks thing. I'm not I'm not against masks staying. I reckon masks should stay for a while. Yeah, I don't mind it. Like the public transport thing, standing close to people thing, I reckon it's, it's, it's and a also, polite thing to do. People really hate masks. Like uh, there's heaps of anti-maskers being like, oh, it's restrictions, freedom, blah, blah, blah. But like... I was just at home the other day for, like, easily an hour before realising that I had my mask on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not that inhibiting. I'm like, oh, that's right, my mask's on. And they get quite offended by people not wanting to spit their globules on them. (laughs) You know? know. Why are you stopping spitting on me right now? How how dare you do that? Give me your goddamn aerosols right now. I want them all over my face. I want, them. Yeah, I want them in my face. I want them in this cafe. I want them on my damn food. Get them to me now. Anyway, um, little rants aside, I hope you're having a good one today. Um, we're going to be chatting to someone whose star is absolutely rising in the culinary game, Matt O'Kane. It is NADOC week. And I tell you what, this curry man is going places. His name is Nathan Lyons, and he started the TikTok at Cooking with a Curry. And some of his rep- recipes, some of his gags, some of his no nonsense skills are uh, helping out a bunch of people. And we got him on the show today um, because he's just releasing a brand new book, Cooking with the Curry. He gives us some mad feeds, and we cannot wait to chat to Nathan Lyons uh, a little bit later on. Yeah, we're also going to find out can Alex Dyson convert me into a dog man? I highly doubt it, but I let's reckon see. I found a way. I think I've found a way. <laughs> and uh, let's kick off with something that I saw in the news just yesterday. Probably, probably deserves to be in Clickfish, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> had to had to use that trigger finger. Let's get started, Matt and Alex. All day breakfast. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Well, I'll tell you what, Alex Dyson, shots fired. <laughs> Over the starboard bow. Um, yeah, some serious beef kicking off. Well, you um, have been watching the Friends reunion, um, making up for the lack of human to... Um, to check out the people acting as friends. Um, I'm talking Aniston. I'm talking Schwimmer. I'm talking LeBlanc. Did I tell you, did I, tell you I saw David Schwimmer in a, in a restaurant once? <laughs> no. In London? I was having dinner with... Um, actually, it was the... Yeah, you were in London that time. We just, we had just did, caught up. Why didn't you take me to see David Schwimmer? Because you weren't invited to the dinner, mate. I was oh. barely invited to the dinner. I wasn't about to bring my... Mate, who'd been travelling for four months through Europe with the world's smallest backpack. I would have stunk up that dinner. <laughs> Something cron cron. It was with a lot of uh, it was with a lot of very like people who I look up to in the in the comedy industry yep. um, over there. Okay, people like Ashling B, uh, who you might have seen her show this way up. 
Uh, Catherine Ryan, who you might have yeah. seen her. Show. We talked. We spoke Great to Steve Raskopoulos from from um, from her show. Uh, uh, Rosine Connolly. It, it was a lot of great, impressive people who I was too nervous to invite my stinky friend along. Okay, so <laughs> that would have been a good sitcom. I tell you but what. Then I was already I was already feeling quite overwhelmed by the you know quality of talent that well, was in the room. If you're looking up, they're looking down. That's the way things work. <laughs> well, they were looking down until Schwimmer walks in. Then they're looking up. Wow, like a so tennis I match. Felt, yeah, like I was a vertical up. tennis match. <laughs> I was looking up at them, and they were looking up at Schwimmer. Everyone had their head up. We were like that man at the bottom of the well in Paul Jennings' <laughs> The Busker. So anyway. That is why you come to this podcast, for references like that. All right? Goodness gracious. Okay, so the shots were fired on the Friends reunion because I saw these headlines about how David Schwimmer's been talking smack about his co-star Marcel. And I had no idea. I was like, is Marcel the, the coffee... You know, the uh, Central Perks Cafe no, barista that's, guy. That's Gunther. No, Even I that's know right. that and so I've never I watched like, it. I was like, who's Marcel? And then I read the article and I remembered it's the monkey from season one. So this is what David Schwimmer had to say. The monkey, obviously, it was trained and it had to hit its mark and do its thing right at the, you know, at the perfect time. But what inevitably began to happen was we would all have choreographed like bits kind of timed out and it would get messed up because the monkey didn't do its job right. So we'd have to, so we'd, have to we'd have to reset, we'd have to go again because the monkey didn't get it right. David's so angry still. So this kept happening so over angry. and over where we're about to do something really funny but the monkey didn't hit its mark so we have to start again. It was, it was time for Marcel oh. to... <laughs> to f*** off. <laughs> Wow, Schwimmer, wow. not happy. <laughs> Absolutely serving the monkey <laughs> in the Friends reunion. And I tell you what, Marcel might not have, you know, replied to David Swimmer, Schwimmer's um, remarks, but Mike Morris, Marcel's monkey handler, certainly had something to say, all right? Oh, no. Mike Morris came out, returned serve, thank you very much, to Schwimmer, said, oh, Schwimmer was fine with the monkeys for the first couple of episodes and happy to be there. But people would laugh at the monkey. And I think he got jealous because it wasn't him getting the laughs. He seemed to get a little bitter about them being there after that. And, of course, the monkeys didn't like working with him after he turned on them. <laughs> so he started so you saying think that there he, was a bit of jealousy on they, set with friends between David Schwimmer and Marcel the monkey. And they're not, not just that, but that the monkeys actually only stopped liking working with him. And so that actually hit the mark with all of the others, like Rachel, etc. Oh, so the, Marcel could feel the tension, feel mm -hmm. the envy yeah, this, within the few, Schwimmer. Yeah, the monkeys that played Marcel, yes, there's a few of them. And uh, so then decided, you know what, I'm not performing for this. They probably all talked in the green room backstage, like, screw this Schwimmer guy. <laughs> Let's just dog him. But a very cheeky business from the monkeys. Uh, and, you know, the way that David's come out and said these awful Awful, truly unkind things about his co-star. Well, at the end of them, they always have this, no animals were harmed in the making of this. And I go, well, yeah, physically maybe, but, you know, emotions hurt, can be hurt too. Oh, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's awful to say that this is just another dark day in famous animal actor history. 
1999, Alex Dyson, and mm. it's the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. Uh, one Air Buddy. Oh, no. A very popular golden retriever is nominated for his second Favourite Animal Star Award in a row. Well, this is the also the second Airbud reference of Matt Alex in the last <laughs> no. seven days. I know. So. I know. Anyways, up against Babe from Babe Pig in the City, oh, Wishbone from Wishbone, and Salem from the cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> so that is a star-studded category. But- that is... De Niro up against Streep, <laughs> up against, you know, DiCaprio in the acting stakes. Buddy loses out for the second year in oh. a row to Salem the Cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, who takes it out both times. Oh, that is heartbreaking. Truly a dark day in animal acting history. Robbed. Died. What? Died. <laughs> Who did? Airbud. It actually died the year before the uh, the nomination took place because the movie came out after he died. Anyways. Oh, did they have an animal actor in memoriam? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen one yet. Did you know, if you look up um, my birth date on Wikipedia, 22nd of June, famous birthdays, Meryl is actually on the birthday, um, but on death day, the um, puppy actor from the sitcom Frasier died on my birthday. So... <laughs> There's a little bonus Dyson. Oh, dark well, day. speaking of <laughs> dying puppies, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to trigger anyone, but um, July 12th, 1986, uh, The Adventures of Milo and Otis. Oh no! Comes no, out. Don't, don't. <laughs> oh. Turns into the third most popular box office hit in Jap- Japanese movie history, and there is a U- US version that comes out to also be incredibly popular. Um, Reports, though, after the movie has been released, come out. Uh, some boosted by the Sunday Mail, who reported at the time that um, an animal liberation Queensland founder, Jackie Kent, alleged that uh, 20 kittens had been killed during the production. I mean, this is this isn't even verging into comedy. No, they 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 looked into it. They they could not find proof of these allegations. Phew, because I heard that rumor and it was yeah. not good. But that's not to say it didn't happen. It just they just could not find proof that up to twenty cats had died during this. But okay, so just the very fact that these rumors were circulating is yet another day, dark day in famous animal act history. Kiko the whale, possibly the most famous orca known to man. But it was Tilikum. Uh, what do you mean, Tilikum? Tilikum from Blackfish. They're pretty famous. Oh, no. Kiko was way more famous than Tilikum. Kiko was the, wh- the whale that got freed in Free Willy. Oh, all right. But as someone mentioned in a, in a Reddit's shower thought, um, which is quite true, they said they used a captive killer whale to play a captive killer whale who got free in a movie but then had to go back into captivity <laughs> after the film. So okay. it was a little bit. It was a little bit rough um, for Kiko, who was captured in 1979. Oh, um, in captivity until and all the way through during filming of Free Willy in 1993. 
finally released at a cost of $20 million in 2002. Into the wild? Yes. Whoa. And died the next year from what was assumed to be pneumonia. So in captivity, its whole just, life, free for a year, dies of pneumonia. I mean, Dark day. This is just... Is, is it just... Me or is every day that an animal has to act a dark day by, by the sounds of this? I think we're learning something about our favourite yeah. animal actors. Here's a nicer one. Okay. Well, let's... Hercules let's the bear. Let's see because this, <laughs> this isn't as funny as hey, I hoped. The, it's in the title. This is Dark Days. Hercules the bear. Um, adopted from captivity when he was born by a Scottish wrestler. Okay. Oh my God. Um, now, the Scottish wrestler trains the bear, Hercules the bear up um, to be quite good at performing and, and, uh, and, and then puts him in a Kleenex commercial where Hercules the bear escapes and lives in the wild for 24 days um, but was only used to eating cooked food, so lost almost half his weight. Um, but when they found him... They were able to nourish him back to good health. Uh, and then in 1997, while filming, filming a BBC television documentary, <laughs> Eyewitness Bear, Why? Hercules fell over and slipped a disc in his back, marking an end to his career. Oh. There you go. Hey, look, this is just what? This is the reality, man. Well, genuinely dark days in animal acting history. Um... They say well, never you... work with children and animals. <laughs> and the weird thing is they say that because it's inconvenient for you, not it's really cruel on them. Well, look, let's just say that Marcel not hitting his mark was not the worst thing that could happen. All right? So we should all be thankful for that. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. All right, Matt O'Kind, it is time to talk to a rising star of the Australian culinary scene. Nathan Lyons is on TikTok. Cooking with a curry is what you want to search for. And I tell you what, this man has over 200 recipes that have just been pumping out. Doesn't mind throwing a bit of shade at the Brisbane Bron- Broncos as well, which I don't oh. mind, Matt. You may not be uh, in love Come with that on. one. But he's just got a new book, Cooking with a Curry, budget-friendly recipes from the TikTok star. Nathan Lyons is his name. He's joining us right now. G'day, Nathan. G'day, guys. How are we all? Oh, mate, we're very excited that your book has uh, come out now. It is called Mad well, Mad Feeds, Cooking with a Curry. Um, mate, tell us about this sudden rise to fame on TikTok before we get stuck into the actual recipes. what I mean, when did it sort of click for you that this was going to be something that you would take off? Man, it didn't, and I don't think it still has. Hey, like, um, like I uploaded my first video in September last year of uh, my body beef and then you know, it's just a bit of a giggles sort of thing. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of rose really fast. And, I, you know, I haven't really come to terms with it and grasp it. Like, it's just – everything's just happened so fast. It's amazing. Was so, that the first video that launched? Like, when we went – you must have noticed, man, people are starting to watch this thing. Yeah, like, the, that first video, like, it got, like, 300,000 views or whatever. I'm like, damn, that, that's a lot of people. Um, it's a lot of mouths to feed, Nathan. <laughs> and they kept like they were throwing recipes at me, and oh, you should try this, and you should try that. Let's, how about some this? And I'm like, all right, yeah, I don't have to do that. So that's just how it rolled on. They kept throwing stuff at me to do, and I just kept doing it. And 
here we are. Man, it's amazing. It's seriously incredible. And I think it's that it's that relatability. It's the it's the grassroots kind of cooking that people can connect with. Because I have got some cookbooks at home, <laughs> and mate, they're making like uh, seaweed gelatin balls <laughs> atop like tapioca things. I'm like, man, I literally so many recipes. I go, I I I don't even know where to get the ingredients, let alone to make this. Yeah. Yeah, look, most of the recipes in my book are just fairly basic sort of stuff and yeah, back to grassroots sort of stuff like curry sausages, anyone can do, damper, um, you know, fry bread, boil-ups. It's just real simple, um, wholesome stuff that we had growing up. And, you know, with the, the videos that I do on TikTok, I'll, I'll put soundtracks to the back of them that also, you know, ignite the memories. So like Charlie Pride's on there, you know, Country Western – uh, you know, we grew up on that. You know, there's only two types of music, that's country and western. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. And um, tell us about where your love of food start. You mentioned growing up there, the nostalgia. Did the love of food start early for you and love of cooking? Were you helping in the kitchen when it came to that side of things? Where where was the uh, the origins of this? Well, growing up, my mum had a rule of that the, the cook doesn't clean in my house. Ah. Um, so I always made sure I was the cook. So I, I hated <laughs> cleaning clean up. So, you know, cooking for the family wasn't an issue. My nan, my aunties, my uncles, you know, my dad, my mum, they all jumped on and showed me stuff. Then it, it kind of evolved in, into my late teens and along come YouTube and opened up a whole new world of um, stuff. Like Adam Leal, who um, put a quote on the back of my book for me. Um, I was yeah, growing up in my, in my 20s, I was watching him doing stuff. And I'm like, That's cool. I'm, I'm going to try some of that. And it's just, it's just spawned on from there, really. Because, I mean, let, let's look at, let's talk about some of the ingredients that you do work with. Um, I promise that I've never seen anyone, I'm, I don't have a single cookbook that uses Devon in it, <laughs> in my house. Right, and, well, I mean, it's, and, it's, and there's a there's an element of snobbery to a lot of these shows <laughs> and a lot of the books that come out, isn't there? I mean, tell us about yeah. what what it is, what it feels like to be able to show the food that you were eating when you were growing up in your in your books. Man, that's awesome! Like, there's there's like twenty Devon recipes in, in my book alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's the from the basics going from um, <clears throat> just going from the the, the classic uh, Devon cheese tomato sauce sandwich on fresh ripe bread. And you know, I top it off with like Devon curry. It's just, it's just, you know, that's just what I do. It's, it's funny. It's, it's what I love doing. It's what my kids love, and it's what the community love. You know, the indigenous community, uh, you know, love Devon so much that when the NR, um, when the rugby league knockout was played in Dubbo, um, I think it was two thousand fifteen. I think um, Dubbo ran out of Devon and chicken. Whoa. Uh, like, IGA, Woolies and Coles ran out of them. Right? The mob were there. So. <laughs> That's so incredible, man. 20 recipes on there. And you also have managed to get a bunch of recipes using something that I've been very familiar with growing up. Whenever the roast vegetables went in the oven, the Keens curry powder came out of the cupboard, got a little sprinkling over that pumpkin and it turned it up nice and you have are now living the dream. You've put enough of the curry powder in your recipes that the big dogs themselves have decided, Nathan Lyons, we're getting on your train. Tell us about the Keens Curry sponsorship. Oh, no, the, the Keens Curry partnership, man, that was – I've been um, stirring them up for, for months. You know, <laughs> just, just, just stirring them up, just, you know, 
not as much as I still those Broncos fans, but I was, you know, just, I still uh, simmering nice there. And yeah, they, they finally um, bit the bullet and uh, joined in with a partnership. Yeah, this is this is the Indigenous dream. It's it's magical. It's awesome. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> Also, we, we can't look past the fact that you have a very similar name to uh, an Australian cricketer. Um, has this has this just has this been a sense source of frustration, you know, when interviews, etc. before? I've been reaching out to him, mate. I'm like, Nate, <laughs> Ryan, come on, bro. I want him to sign me book for me. Yeah. And like, I want to make a little video. So I've, I've sent him messages. I've sent Cricketing Australia messages. You think one of those fellas can get back to me? It's just rude, bro. Oh, we should we oh, almost okay. share the same name. Come on, Nathan. Get in touch with Nathan, please. Yeah, we'll try. We'll go and try and go through our channels, Nathan, and try and get, Good, uh, get Nathan like, Gary Lyons. I've got some mad video ideas. Like, you know, <laughs> He's got it. I tell you what, you, you keep growing your followers on TikTok the way you're tracking, Nathan, and uh, you, he will become begging to be involved in one of those. I can guarantee you that. But I'm just going to say, I love this recipe book so much in that finally it is something where I am able to um, live by it because I have come up from a heritage of finding the bargains at the shops. My father um, bought 92 servings of turkey because of... <laughs> Spending a total of eight dollars the other day and packed my freezer. I'm still making the way through it. And you're able to feed a family of eight for eight dollars. Can you tell us a couple of secret tips on those people you're looking through the shops to try and get those bargains when it comes to cooking dinner for a for a, a big yeah, crew? Man. Definitely um, look for those bargain specials, uh, like yeah, the, the, the yellow sticker specials. Uh, that, you know, they're always a nice hit. Yeah, you, know, you can have a little bit, little bit something a little bit fancy for a, for a couple less dollars. Um, at Woolies, the chickens go down to like five bucks around eight nine p.m. So if, if you're hang, hanging out for a bit of a feed late late at night, go some dollar bread rolls, Ooh, some chicken. Yeah. You're set, man. It, it's it's the iconic Australian can't be stuffed meal. <laughs> yeah, Woolies roast chicken, bread rolls, and a cold slaw. Yeah, you know, if you've got a, a a hot chip place nearby, get some hot chips and smash it, man. It's it's awesome. What about some of the messages you might have received that have that your work has? How has it impacted people? Man, look, it's it's been it's been really heartwarming. Like, um, I've had people who who've been in hospital uh, messages have been going, hey, you know, you've got me through this operation just from your humour and, and your food. Uh, like even today, I had a, someone go, look. My son's really excited to receive your book. You know, he's only nine years old and he's starting to get in the kitchen and cook. And he's really excited to get your book because he wants to do some of your recipes. And that's that's awesome. That's what I want to do, man. I want to get the kids back in the kitchen. Um, you know, I'm teaching my kids on, on how to cook. You know, maybe just how to boil water or, or how to cook toast properly. But it's those ground basics that they need to and the foundations that they can build upon. So it's... It's awesome, man. It's really heartwarming. That's it, dude. And um, it is NADOC this week, celebrating all uh, First Nations culture, um, putting it out there. And the um, tagline of this year is Heal Country. And could you just tell us a little bit about um, what the impact of sharing a meal with someone can have on on that healing process? And look, it doesn't matter what religion, culture, country you come from around the world, sharing a meal is the same thing across the globe. It's the same thing. People come together to share a meal. doesn't matter if you're from the high end of town or the low end of town or somewhere in the middle. You know, everyone gathers for a meal. You know, it's the same as our people used to cross country to, to share a kangaroo. 
or you know the, the share you know, an emu that they they got. Uh, it's definitely important, and you know, it's not that hard to be kind. You know, whether you're feeding the homeless or just buying them a cup of coffee or you know buying a sausage roll. Yeah, you know, it's not the hard. It's you know the sharing is the healing. It's making people feel good. It's that's what food is about. Yeah, it's it's anomalous across the world, man. It's it's awesome. Well, Nathan, look, we're so we're so happy that the book is out now, Cooking with a Curry. Uh, it's out today, so go hit, hit up your bookstores, grab a copy. Nathan Lyons, all the best with it, and we will chat to you soon. Thanks for uh, having a yarn with All Day Breakfast. Hey, you're up, boys. Thanks for having me, eh? Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All Day Breakfast. I was chatting to a friend the other day, Matt O'Kine. Oh, yeah. Talking about their dog, right? Dog owner. I'm like, Ooh, it's oh, lucky yeah. they're talking to Let me, me and not you. Blah, blah, <laughs> blah. My dog's the best. No, no, Yappity no, none yap. of that. But it is the best for them because prior to uh, getting the dog, they did an online quiz, um, which is like, which dog breed is right for you? And it's sort oh. of, it's it really twigs something in me because I'm like, you don't like dogs, famously. <clears throat> okay. But maybe that's because you haven't got the right dog breed for you. Maybe you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. You know, it's just that you haven't searched properly. Or a square pug into a hound hole. (laughs) Into a hound roll. Yes. Yes, look. Very good. Uh, But the point being is like, well, how about right now on All Day Breakfast, um, we can try and align Matt's with the perfect breed for him by going through one of these simple on- online quizzes, asking you the questions that you've probably just dismissed out of hand because you've met one dog that wasn't the correct breed. Look, I'm going to tell you right now. If it's bigger than a cat, I'm not interested. <laughs> I I want my dogs to be as well, much like a cat as possible. <laughs> well, one of the questions is regarding size, but I thought we, if we jump into it now, we can um, go through the quiz and find out which breed of dog is right for Matt. How deep are the questions? Do the questions get like? Is it all? Is it all well, kind of? First question is: uh, What's your annual salary? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the second no, question: When was the last time you cried? <laughs> oh, whoa! These questions are getting deep, man. Uh, goodness me! It could be the dog from Molly and Me. No. Okay. Here we go. Question number one: Dog breed selector for Matt O'Kine. Which phrase best describes what you're looking for in a dog? A, a cuddle friend who doesn't need tons of exercise, sporty, high-energy dog, family-friendly dog, a loyal companion, or an agility whiz. Oh, I'm going to say a cuddly dog that doesn't need much exercise. Perfect. Uh, What size are you considering? Small, medium, large, any size is fine. I prefer small Small to medium, but I think small. (gasps) Well, I've got small to medium here. Well, how medium is medium? I don't know what a medium-sized dog is. Like, I know how big a medium coffee is. They really need it like those pizza tins on a wall yeah. when you go to the pizza shop and there's a small, yeah. there's a family. You get to really picture that. Okay, um, what comes closest to your ideal way to spend an hour with your dog? Okay, picture this. Tossing a frisbee or a ball at the beach, meeting up with others in a dog park, hanging with friends at a cafe, taking oh. a walk together, or snuggled up on the couch. Oh, it's either snuggled or with a frisbee. It's frisbee at the beach or snuggled. They're Can kind I do of both? the polar opposite of each other. So if you had one hour and you could only pick one activity, what would it be? 
Um, on the couch. How smart would you like your dog to be? A, smart enough to keep me on my toes. B, responsive, but no smarter than I am. Or C, doesn't matter. I mean, they don't have the option for dumb as a doornail, but look, you got to pick out of those. Well, that's smart as I am. <laughs> I'll put responsive, but no smarter than I am. Um, how much do you exercise? Frequently, occasionally, or for me, it's a walk to the fridge. Oh, at the moment. I'm, look, one of the best things about lockdown is not feeling guilty about my gym membership. I'll tell you that much. Okay, I'm going to put for me, it's a walk to the fridge. Next question. What kind of amusement park ride best describes the energy in your home. Is, is it- this a joke? What, is, what the hell is going on? A, a carousel. Not many surprises. B, a Ferris wheel. Up and downs, but fairly predictable. C, a log ride. Boisterous and noisy, but not out of control. Or D, a roller coaster. Sometimes a little too exciting and unpredictable. I'm going to go with E, the time I went on the Gravitron and vomited. Um, I'm going to say the log ride. Yeah, a bit boisterous. Sophia keeps you on your toes. Um, she does. How much does fur bother you? A, a lot. A, I'm oblivious to it. B, I don't mind a little fur. Or C, I hate the idea of hair on my clothes or furniture. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Growing up, we used to have like couches that dad would put newspapers on, like all over the couch. But like you were a budgie. Cats. Yeah, yeah, because of the cats. They'd leave all this hair everywhere. I hate hair. I hate it. Well, maybe hair hates you. That's why it's trying to leave you. Um, <laughs> what's your best guess at describing your future dog parenting style? All right. <clears throat> I'm more comfortable being a buddy than a parent, or I'm prepared to set boundaries as needed, but want to spend time playing with my dog too. This is tough because I want to be cool dog dad, but I also... Cool dog daddy. But that I've also like seen an MSN name from the I, oh, <laughs> late nineties. Cool, cool dog daddy. But I've also <laughs> is, is there is that a TikTok? Have they got that yet? Um, I've also seen what bloody your mates Reese and Kyron's dog get up to gets up to the amount of emergency trips they've had. Oh yeah, because it's got its bloody mouth wrapped around remotes and chockies and everything. So I'm going to say I'm going to draw the line. I'm going to set some boundaries. All right, sounds good. And the final question, Matokai, for the dog breed quiz, how much does drooling bother you? Is it A, not a bit? Oh, my God. B, not my favourite, but I could deal with a little, especially if it's the right dog, or C, I really don't like it. I'm just picturing that huge dog. Do you remember Turner and Hooch? (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking Beethoven when it's on the bed and it <laughs> yeah, shakes its head exactly. and just drool flies everywhere. And just looks everywhere. like a milkshake going yeah. out. Yeah, no. That's what I picture anytime I think of I hate drool. I hate it. Are you ready to see your results? Please. I want to Google it right now. What have I got? Your top five personality matches are number one, mm-hmm. a cheapoo. What's a cheapoo? <laughs> How do you spell it? C-H-I-P-O? C-H-I hyphen P-O-O. Cheapoo. Compact, energetic and playful. Cheapoo mixed breed dogs inherited some of the best qualities from their poodle and chihuahua oh, parents. I love it. I See? want a cheapoo. See? The next one is Key Leo, playful, lively, and sweet. Key Leo mixed breed dogs inherited their best qualities from Maltese and Lhasa Apso parents. How do you, how do you spell Key Leo? Um, K Y I hyphen L E O. It's interesting. Your third option is a basset hound. The aristocratic basset hound is an easy keeper with a charming personality. But I feel basset hounds with the droopy lips, that's a bit, that's drool city, I would have thought. Do you know, yeah, but you know what? I used to absolutely love droopy. 
Droopy. Yeah, true. Do you remember Droopy? Yeah. He used to talk like this. Hello. Hi, I do remember. I'm the other one is the Bordoodle, which is the Border Collie and Poodle. Or the final, which is a bit of a curveball, uh, the Bergamasco Sheepdog. Affectionate, intelligent and uniquely coated. The Bergamasco Sheepdog is a dog eager to bond with their humans. Okay, do you know what? It hasn't convinced me that I want a dog, but I'll be damned if that's not the most accurate pairing of dog. If that's not the best dog Tinder I've ever seen... <laughs> Then I don't know what, because I am swiping right on all of these little puppies, I'll tell you that much. Well, yeah, the Chihuahua Poodle, the perfect match for Matt O'Kine. If you want to try it yourself, um, dogtime.com is just the place I found it. Forward slash quiz, um, forward slash dog breed selector. Look, um, it's stunningly accurate, as you can see, and I think it was that question of what amusement park ride best describes your house, Matt O'Kine. I think that was where we nailed it right there. Yeah, the log ride. And the good thing is, um, as a dog owner, you'll be picking up logs every day. So congratulations. <laughs> uh, we look forward to seeing you and your brand new Chipu. Oh. Well, Alex Dyson, we've been talking weddings this week, um, mainly because we spoke to Andy yesterday and... He was getting pumped up and ready for quite a momentous moment in his life. The biggest question you'll ever ask someone. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, he'd already asked his partner to marry him, you know, that old chestnut, right? What he was really stressing about and really focused on was the big question when it came to the ceremony, and that was asking his best man to be his best man. He's got a best man in mind. He is pretty set on them, um, even though when he was a best man at a wedding, um, <laughs> that dude is not his current choice. So, uh, yeah, that look, vouchers, doesn't it? A little bit of a best man babushka doll going on here. But um, we wanted to give him a little bit of a precaution going in just to make sure that when he does ask the best man, there are a few boxes that he can tick that make sure that his best man is on his best behaviour. Because, I mean, it's fair to say, Matt O'Kine, the best man is sometimes the worst man. Yeah, we asked you, when has the best man been the worst man or when has the bridesmaid been the fried maid? <laughs> and uh, Penny got in touch with us. A couple of messages came in at matt.n.alex. Penny got in touch, said, uh, at my brother's wedding, the best man was way too smashed to come to the ceremony but showed up at the afters. Worst so, man. <laughs> that is such <laughs> poor form. Worst Too man. Too wasted to go to the actual wedding but turns up at the reception. You it's dog. like a group project turning up when you get your marks back. <laughs> I tell you what, so rough. Uh, Beth got in touch saying, I was a bridesmaid at a wedding where the father of the groom's speech started with, thanks everyone to coming tonight, but the only person who should be coming tonight is the groom. Now, when you're starting with an orgasm joke, uh, that is... That is pretty tough stuff, Matt. That was that's that's my 2004 raw comedy opening that's, line. That's right. Oh I mean, man, that was a stinker. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, at least you know what you're marrying into. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're like, well, this is this kind of humor is going to be in my baby's bones. <laughs> it's very rough stuff. Uh, we've also got Nick, who's giving us a call from Brizzy. G'day, Nick. Hey guys, how you going? Good, thanks, Nick. Now your best man was the worst man at, right at the altar. Yeah, it was quite funny. So we, we chose Blake um, to be the ring bearer and best man for our wedding. And um, come to the time where, where he's handing the rings over, my wife, Tessa, she goes, this isn't my ring. 
<laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> At the altar. <laughs> she, she, she's muttering. She goes, Nick, this is not my ring. <laughs> and, I, and our celebrant, Michael, he was like, um, Blake, have you got the other ring? <laughs> and we're all looking around, but everyone's laughing and, and cacking themselves. And um, he, his look on his face, I hope you guys put up the photo, he's just... He's gobsmacked. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he gave you each the wrong ring. He obviously gave me mine to give to her. <laughs> oh, right. So you're suddenly putting on your wedding ring onto her and she's yeah. putting her, yours onto you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Well, at least it wasn't like an ex-girlfriend's ring or something like that that <laughs> no. she left at your house one time or something. Yeah, okay, yeah. great. Well, at least, yeah, and everyone got their rings and it's happily ever after. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. But like, we, we just basically said, you know, you've got what you had one job. Yeah. And then, come on. <laughs> that's it. Oh, well, thank you so much for the call, Nick. We appreciate it. Luke has also given us a ring. Luke, um, giving hey. us a ring, the right ring. Um, you you had a best man that was the worst man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to my mate, Braden, who'll be listening, long-time listener of your podcast. Um, so he recently broke up with my wife's um, maid of honour. So, oh. so it was a bit awkward and like we're all friends and still are friends, but he thought it'd be funny to make a little joke about how he's um, had no luck in love and he's only dated like bad women and he's had bad relationships and he made the joke and kind of looked at her and thought it'd be funny, but <laughs> no one laughed. And oh, like, mate, it does, that's because it doesn't sound funny, Luke. That's why no one laughed. <laughs> yeah, oh, poor is, Braden. So he meant it in a laughing matter, but no one found it funny. She got <laughs> up, all upset. She wouldn't do her speech. Her parents <gasps> Oh, no! <laughs> oh. Yeah, and then she came up to him afterwards and was like, we're disappointed. We thought you were a nice bloke. Like, this has changed everything of you. And it's a big thing. Oh, Brayden, so I'm sorry how if you long, are listening. I'm sorry, Brayden. How <laughs> long is... before the wedding was the breakup, could you say, approximately? Maybe a couple of months. Um, oh, it's still pretty fresh, it, isn't it? it? Yes. It's not too bad because they were like, we're in a large group of friends, so they'd been friends for a few years before dating and then they were friends after and it was all mutual. So we thought it'd be a funny joke, but no one found it funny. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that she got upset and then wouldn't do her speech. That's, oh, that's dramas. I wish there real was cameras dramas. there. That, that is honestly an episode of some kind of, you know, reality show. Well, it's a wedding. There might have been cameras. Did you catch this on camera there, Luke? No, we didn't. But thinking about it, I think she got her karma because the oh, he got his karma because recently he's, he had a long-term new girlfriend who they broke up together recently, but on the same day his ex-girlfriend got engaged. So oh, the last laugh. They broke up on the same day. One broke up, and the other one got engaged to their new partners. Oh, <laughs> that if- stings. He's probably lying in bed by himself, scrolling his phone, sad, lonely. Just sees the yes. He he asked, and I said yes. Post can't spend Ouch. wait to spend forever with this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's a killer. Well, thank you very much for that one, Luke. Shout we out appreciate to you, Brayden. it. I hope you're I hope you're uh, doing all right, mate. And thank you for listening, Brayden. If you are listening, yeah, feel free to slide in the DMs, Brayden, and um, <laughs> get on the show and talk you us can, through what was going through the head. Yeah, or if you want to get one back on your friend Luke for dobbing you in, <laughs> then uh, find some story that we can talk about about him. All right, thanks, Luke. <laughs>
Thanks, bye. And thank bye, you mate. for listening to All Day Breakfast today. It has been an absolute delight hanging out. Uh, we'll be back with you with another big episode tomorrow. And Matt O'Kine, I'll catch you then. Bye-bye. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.